Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Smackdown preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Smackdown, but also Raw, NXT, AW, Dynamite, pay per views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to SmackDown tonight. And, well, this week's episode is kind of the fallout from a major incident at the end of last week's What Did You Make to last week's main event and Daniel Bryan being banished from SmackDown and his, his contract expiring. But we did an entire podcast about that. Indeed, yeah. You can obviously listen to that podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from, in which we go in-depth about the match itself um daniel bryan's position in the company or perhaps not um but just to recap on my takes i thought as an episodic show it built really well to that main event they made it feel big time i'm such a big fan right of this method of building a match they did it with moxie and hager and wwe have done it before that and they did it again and all companies should do it more often where they get talking heads Mm -hmm. with a certain authority picking who's going to win, putting over the match, because basically what they are doing is positioning people you respect as surrogates and conveying the idea that it's not just you who really wants to watch this match, but like it's a locker room sellout as well. You hear this locker room sellout talk among wrestlers and talking about how there are certain matches that are meant to be so good and that are so well hyped that people just flock to the locker room. That adds so much weight to the match you're about to see or you've just seen. They should... This should be like the norm, if anything. Obviously, don't do it too much because if you do it too often, you will have people not believe that this match is going to be as good or as great or as momentous. But every time you've got like a really big match worth doing it, Christ Almighty, do that. Absolutely. Mm. Like, adapt the idea of the locker room sellout um, on TV. So I love the build. And um, just to touch on Roman Reigns' new theme, um, oh. because it is one of the few interesting things to talk about. Um, on this show because I feel like everything outside of the main event picture is just raw. Mm-hmm. And I hate that I hate making the comparison between Raw and SmackDown. I hate it, but you know what I mean. It is probably better. Jesus Christ! I like the Roman Reigns theme. Mm. I think it is good. I think that the old Shield theme. I was so high on the Shield back in the day. I loved the Shield back in the day. I thought they were great. I still hated the theme. I get what they were going for, but I just thought it was so... Uh, I don't know. I just, I've always hated it. I've hated that theme. Everyone and their dog knew it was a stupid idea. 
to persist with that theme for Roman Reigns because it felt like he was literally having no character development and just mm. being transplanted to main roster stardom. So it's years and years and years overdue. This new theme, it's not particularly catchy. That's good. You don't want to do any kind of chant along for your heel who you actually want to get over as a heel. It effectively conveys a certain final boss quality and epic if yeah. you like, quality. I know those are two cliches, but you get my meaning. Um, that theme, every wrestling theme is meant to capture the essence of a, of a performer. And I think that one captures Romans. You don't mm. want a butt rock theme for this guy who's literally above you. And the fact that it's got a choir, it's got these sort of religious elements, I guess, the spiritual elements, conveying the idea that he is a godlike figure in this company that soars above everyone. And I think the theme is a perfect fit for the character. The match itself, uh, I love the one at Fastlane. I love the one at the, the Fastlane from years ago. thought it was the best triple threat match I'd seen in years at WrestleMania. Um, but the one on SmackDown was utterly weightless. No one believed in the stip. As it turns out, maybe they should have. Who knows? <laughs> but no one believed in the stip. And if, in fact, Daniel Bryan does leave, it will be such a hilarious irony to me that this match didn't do a rating. Um, this match didn't get over as this must-see TV classic. This match was a very good Daniel Bryan-Roman Reigns match and little more. And it would be so hilarious if, oh, no, it actually meant something in the end. Daniel Bryan's gone. And it would be like the boy who cried wolf. Uh, it was the boy who cried wolf of a match. Mm. Um, didn't do a lot for me. I'd already seen them do better work. Didn't believe in the step. Obviously, the work was good. The story was good. But it was, as I said, it was just weightless. And if, in fact, Daniel Bryan has left WWE, uh, this show's going to suck for me from now on. So, yeah. <laughs> more so than it does already. It reminds me, if that does happen, it does remind me a bit of. Uh... Who was it? Was it Michelle McCall and Layla? Someone who had a match, and the previous week they'd said, loser leaves, and there's clearly someone in the back gone, no one understands that. WWE! <laughs> you know that voiceover guy from that horrific channel? WWE. <laughs> they got her in a cupboard to say the words WWE, and went, no one will be able to tell the difference. It was so obvious. But anyway, talking about the match, I got mixed emotions, because I really enjoyed the match, but like you say... Daniel Bryan is banished from catering. He's back on SmackDown. <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to see you anymore in catering. I don't. <laughs> but like, yeah, I agree. Fastlane was, was a more thrilling match because you're like, oh my God, he could actually bloody do this. WrestleMania was, was wonderful because I, I said at the time going into it, I, it was completely unpredictable. I could, I mean, I gave Edge the least chance of winning, but I could easily have seen Daniel Bryan taking that title away through a root of Edge so that Roman doesn't get pinned and blah, 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 blah. But yeah, I didn't go in going, oh, maybe maybe Bryan's going to be Universal Champion by the end of Friday night. I was like, no, he's definitely, he's definitely losing this. I enjoyed it. But yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a blow away, you know, earth shattering thing. And like you say, it's surreal that he's potentially leaving WWE and they just went, oh yeah, he's, he's off SmackDown, I suppose. It was still not really clarified. He was just sort of, like, well, don't know when you're on this show. And it's like they had to sort of explain it away further. I thought the promo that Heyman did obviously was just, was peak Heyman on last week's show. And, and just a word on the the, the new theme for uh, for Roman. Yeah, it's, I think it's ideal. It's come at a great time. I think you could have done this, you know, in the aftermath of say SummerSlam, but now is as good a time as any, like you say, to just really it's bloody long overdue, as you alluded to, that he needs to stand out on his own and be like, this is Roman Reigns. Not this is Roman Reigns. 
hey guys, remember the shield? Like it's been a long, long time for needing to do that. It's very self-aggrandizing as a theme, I think is the best way. Yes, to that's a perfect way of putting it, Wilborn. Perfect way of putting it. I, however, would disagree that I mean, I, per- I did just say it's long overdue, but it's. I think it was more important for them to build his aura as a performer and then give him such a lofty, yeah. like, ridiculous almost theme that you can actually buy as credible because this Roman Reigns character has been so well built. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it might have been a bit of a reach to do something like this immediately. At the end of the day, I'm just glad I don't have to hear that old S.H.I.E.L.D. theme. Jesus Christ. It's like It was literally, for so many years, the, like, oral... Translation, translation of dread. Dernan, Dernan. Oh, not this fucker again. Jesus Christ. But again, again, we're sort of grading on a curve too, because akin to the best comparison I can draw here, and this is, forgive, you know, covering in faint praise, because I do like this new theme. But like when people say, God, SmackDown's so great because it's not raw. It's like Roman Reigns' new theme because it's not when they just gave Keith Lee the most generic music ever. Like, yeah. I'm not saying that, but the, the, that in terms of the, the tightrope they were walking, like you say, butt rock or, or anything like that, it could have been it could have been a lot worse. And I think it's great. And I think people, it's just people, it's, it's microcosm of every WWE fan ever. People don't like change. That's the problem. So uh, this isn't the Shield, but yes, I think people grow to love it. And I think it already has uh, been accepted over the past week. So looking ahead to tonight's show, what's next for for Roman apart from a very gloaty opening promo? One would assume. Um, here's the thing, looking at the stories they've been trying to tell on SmackDown, and there is, yes, more consistency than Raw. It's like, basically, a bullish versus a bowl of porridge. It's a little bit more palatable, and it's that little bit more consistent, but, you know, it's not filet mignon, is it? <laughs> it's not. It's porridge. I like porridge sometimes. Yeah. I'm bored of porridge. I am bored to death of porridge. Yeah. But the, I've got a golden syrup porridge in this house recently. And uh, yeah, after a while, I'm craving bloody Weetabix at the moment. So that's where I am in this world. Sorry, what were we talking about? <laughs> Weetabix, that's the NXT in the cereal metaphor. Smackdown's porridge. NXT's Weetabix. Raw is... Shredded crap. wheat. No, that's crap. crap. I- literally. Wilborn, have you got the time on this uh, podcast? Yeah, I got it, I got it. Yeah, it's literally a ball of <laughs> Okay? Yep, right. But in answer to your question, what next for Roman Reigns? Well, <laughs> here's the thing about uh, WWE in 2021. They are the Abe Simpson in the Flying Hellfish episode of The Simpsons, where every, like, like every five seconds, bing, the trousers fall down, and they do something inevitably that just attracts a pylon of criticism. I think they're going to do their third triple threat match at WrestleMania Backlash. Oh, no. They've already got Asuka, Ripley, Charlotte. They've already got Drew, Braun, Lashley. And I'm looking at the, the threads on SmackDown, and Roman Reigns has been linked via Daniel Bryan to Cesaro because Cesaro saved him. Didn't Cesaro literally accept Seth Rollins' challenge for a rematch last week? Yeah, I believe so, yes. For WrestleMania Backlash? Uh, I think it's tonight, if I'm not Is it tonight? Yeah. All right, okay. Well, cool. What's going to happen is that's going to get woven into the Roman Reigns thing. They haven't lined up a credible challenger for Roman Reigns. Um, I don't think there's anyone that they can feasibly 
like elevate into that position on pay-per-view. Because mm. what they'll do is they'll not do a one-and-done challenger, spirited defeat, you know, these important, clever things that are a vehicle to building stars. They will either mash two reasonably, okay, I'll accept that as a big-time program, program together, or they'll just go for the guys being wrestling for the last however many months. I think, looking at the way WWE does things, that this will get molded into a triple threat, and there will probably be probably be more triple threat matches at WrestleMania Backlash than A, WrestleMania rematches on WrestleMania Backlash, and B, Fatal 4-Way matches on the WWE pay-per-view Fatal 4-Way. They might as well call this WWE triple threat. That's just the way I see it going. Um, what about you? Do you think there's anyone else that could have a match with Reigns, or is... Because they seem to be tying it together. It's a story. They are telling a story. Whether I like it or not is another matter. But they're telling one, I think. I'm inclined to agree with you. Certainly on such short notice, I can't see anyone, uh, unless it is Cesaro being inserted into it. And even then, it's a hard turnaround in, what, two weeks? We've got WrestleMania Backlash next Sunday. I think you might be right. Because I saw them book this match and went, right, well, they, they cannot, they cannot do a clean 50-50 50-50 of Cesaro here of like, well, you know, Cesaro in WrestleMania, but Rollins wins tonight. That'd be the dumbest decision ever. So like you, you like you say, I think there's going to be shenanigans. Maybe there'll be a confrontation of Cesaro coming out at the start of the show and Rain says, I think you should be more worried about Seth Rollins, blah, blah, blah. Really entertaining match. You know what these two can do together. I really enjoyed their match at WrestleMania as briefly. I loved it as well. And I'm yeah. going to be cynical in a minute, so I should ward off the criticisms by saying that I love the match at WrestleMania. I didn't just think it was like the fun kind of spectacular match you'd expect with Cesaro being given like a decent amount of time with Rollins, who I think is well overrated, but you can deliver in the spot. Cesaro's goddamn selling in that match was so great. And I knew why he was selling. It was to convey the idea that, oh, Christ, he can't do the swing. But it was so subtle. He did those little movements where... He trusted the audience to get mm. that. Oh, Christ, he's, he might actually be actually screwed here. Not just the wrestling selling words, ah, which Will, Os- Will Ospreay sometimes guilty of. Cesaro, like, was just gently, tentatively going for his shoulder, like clutching it a little bit, like, trying to convey the idea that he's an intelligent guy and he respects people's intelligence. It was like, ah, oh, am I screwed here? So I was, I was on the hook from not doing the swing and the UFO was amazing. Yeah, I'd, I'm hyped for this match. I think it'll be good. It's just, there's always that element, isn't there, of, oh, that's going to go to a screwy finish. Yeah. And again, the cynical bit, I'm not looking forward remotely to the way in which Paul Heyman is going to try and get Cesaro over as a challenger. Paul Heyman loves reality-based stuff. Um, he loves very one-dimensional stuff. He loves playing on the past and it, maybe it's an effort and continuity. Maybe it's an attempt to go, well, everything else is a little bit fake and soapy, but this is real. It's a very Heyman thing. And my worry is that he's going to use, and it's pretty consistent with what WWE has been doing with its storylines of late for whatever reason of going back to like not particularly great plot developments and then trying to sell them as big in the world. They did it last year with Drew and Dolph's team that mm-hmm. just didn't really just petered out and wasn't very over. And they built a, pay-per-view match around it last year they've been doing it with um like Strowman and Wyatt last year oh you're in the Wyatt family yeah it was crap <laughs> you the Wyatt family to get over I'll never forget that by the way and then they're like 
He can do this big symbolic thing where he's going to run in power slam uh, Bray Wyatt on the, the sheep goat mask or whatever it bloody was, right? And he kicked, he kicked it out of the way just before he landed the move. That popped me so big. His foot caught it and it went out of the way. And I was like, didn't land on it then, so... No symbolism for you, I'm sorry. My worry is that they are going to do a self-own of a build where it just depicts this company as completely inept. Which I don't know why you would do that because they're called wrestling promotions. <laughs> My worry is that Paul Heyman is going to, yes, lean on the idea that I was a Cesaro guy and you were a Paul Heyman guy, but you suck, so I wasn't anymore. <laughs> and, if, and it took you seven years, Cesaro. Good try. Took you seven years to get back in the pinnacle, but wouldn't you just know what I've got? Roman Reigns, and he's going to knock you back down to mid card purgatory. Oh, can I say that? Uh, uh, uh. I'm shooting. <laughs> I'm the low guy on Paul Heyman, if you've not actually uh, worked this out yet. I just, he's obviously great at talking. I just don't think he does anything sometimes to promote matches that I want to see because he's so obsessed with doing like shoot stuff. And I think he's going to do some shoot stuff and talk about how Cesaro's kind of sucked for seven years. And he hasn't, he hasn't, the booking has. And I don't know why you would ever advertise that. So that's going to be the way into the conflict. Like when they were talking, it's, it's the same thing as Kofi Mania. 11 years of struggle. It's not like it's, it's 11 years of crap booking that actively undermines how good your talent is. Like that's not, I, mean, I guess it's an inspirational story, but like you're not meant to depict the institution, the promotion as completely inept. And I worry that they're going to do that with Cesaro because Paul Heyman's just obsessed with this kind of stuff. So yeah, I wouldn't anticipate a good build, but I would anticipate a good match. Yeah, I think what you're going to get WWE, everybody. Yeah, I think what you're going to get tonight is Cesaro interrupting and defending his friend who's now been banished from WWE uh, and Roman turning him to concentrate on the match later on. And then in presumably the main event, Cesaro, Seth Rollins, back and forth match. All the good stuff. Nice swing in there. And I know he said he wasn't going to do it much, so this might be a bit of a reach. But it feels like Cesaro having Seth Rollins up there for the UFO and his hands on his hips turning round into a spear from Roman Reigns would be arguably the best way they can set this up particularly if just like don't you know they'll they'll, what they need to do is mention don't count out Seth Rollins like how many times has he been world champion and the fact that yeah he's maybe in a little bit of a lull right now yeah he's got a history at Wrestlemania backlash uh of uh well mainly at Wrestlemania but you know taking titles away from Roman Reigns etc etc but yeah uh, no no doubt that Cesaro Seth Rollins whilst I think we agree Sid that it's going to be a screw finish will, will be a great match tonight oh yeah absolutely Undeniably, but it's the bare minimum. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Right, let's look at some of the other things uh, we can talk about ahead of SmackDown tonight. Of course, on last week's show, it wasn't just a world title match. There was an intercontinental championship match, Apollo Crews defending against Big E. And, well, the result we all sort of anticipated, i.e. either a loss for Big E or a win for Big E via DQ, which means the title stays where it is. Commander Aziz interfering as it looked like Big E had the match won after he hit the big ending on Apollo Crews. Me and Hanflo have talked about this quite a lot recently, whether it be on SmackDown previews or whether it be talking about money in the bank, etc., But for you, Sige, is Big E losing upwards in a surreal sort of way? One would hope. One would hope we've Big E's been talked about for years as someone who literally everybody likes the boys, the fans, even management, just this incredibly charming guy who can turn it on and cut a big time promo. Sometimes if I'm being perfectly honest, I think he maybe reaches for it a little bit too much, but I still believe him. Mm. I still really like him. He's a boy popper. He's got that primal wrestling quality with being such a powerhouse that can do cool stuff that he's so he's the easiest guy in that entire system to root for mm. is Big E. He just is. He should be a multi-time world champion. It's as simple as that. And the sooner he gets away from this repetitive quasi-problematic, it's not my place to say really, and I admit that, dreck this utter content churn bollocks that is this feud with Apollo Crews. I would rather, I would have, just end, end this now. I hate it. Wilborn, I know you like to play the impartial guy because this can't just descend into an anti-WWE rant and, it's good that we've got a balance of opinions. This question's rhetorical, but I'm also asking a earnest, legit question of you here, and I hope you answer it. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the Big E versus Apollo Crews feud, how could I possibly care? Yeah, I get where you're coming from. And even I, who sat on this podcast week after week after week and said... I can watch them fight again. I can watch them fight again. All the shenanigans, all the, you know, twists and turns in character. I could watch that fight again. I got to a point on last week's show where I was like, all right, let's just get to the bit where Apollo Crews, via shenanigans or whatever, wins and moves on to his next opponent. Because I saw someone, I think someone tweeted us this on the news recently. I did like it, isn't it? A potential pitch of Apollo Crews putting up this barrier of 
anyone who wants an intercontinental championship match has to beat Commander Aziz first. And this is disregarding Big E and all this. I think he should. That's why he formed connections. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do like that. And the fact that no one beats him at Commander Aziz for like two, three months. So Apollo Crews doesn't have to defend the title. And he's, you know, he has matches and he wins them again through shenanigans, but never with the title on the line. I do like the, the idea of both he and Sheamus both being like, yeah, I'm champion, but that doesn't mean I have to defend the belt, right? But yes, I'll, I will hold my hands up now and admit if they go back this week to like, right, give me one more shot of that belt. I'm like, oh, come on, mate. We all know, you know, Commander Aziz is going to interfere and interfere and interfere. And, and it feels like they, they may be acknowledging that and sort of expanding it out. So maybe there's some sort of convoluted, I sense, tag match at um, at WrestleMania Backlash with, with Owens and Bowens and Owens and Big E. Owens, who obviously came down last week to, to try and help Big E. And, and maybe Apollo Crews and, and Sami Zayn, although Sami Zayn for his troubles last week got a Nigerian nail at the end of that segment. So, yeah, I think I think... Well, I, it feels really easy, right, for me. If you have Sami Zayn or you have Commander Aziz, have the tag match with uh, with those guys. If that's the, what your direction you want to go in at WrestleMania Backlash, then just put, put Big E and have his all of his focus shift the money in the bank because this is the time of year you need something like that. And Big E, I mean, me and Hamlet talked about this, I think last weekend is a prime candidate for that money in the bank briefcase, isn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Extricate him from this horrifically tedious, repetitive scenario and put them in the match that I'm really bored of seeing, but will at least act as a vehicle. And for God's sake, have Big E call in his shot in advance. Yeah. If like this happens, because he's a thoroughly commendable bloke who shouldn't take the shortcut and they should establish money in the bank as something that isn't just a cheap shot artist shortcut to a title reign it's to value the titles massively the booking does that anyway but ultimately if i'm living in la la land <laughs> that's what i would do but unfortunately i live on earth <laughs> and you know what i'd do as well i'd have the briefcase be like a weirdly bigger briefcase you know how they like change it sometimes brock lesnar had the beatbox or whatever it is and call several- it the big b huh call it the big b yeah no i'd call it I wouldn't call it anything, sorry. What I'd do is have it be a briefcase for the championship match, but also a foot spa. Yeah, that's what I'd do. I'd have him sit down at ring yes. or put his feet in it. Because I genuinely think the personification of how good and how potential a great world champion Big E could be was that bit where he went from sitting on a sofa at ringside eating snacks with his feet in a foot spa to suddenly being in Apollo Cruz's face and going, let it go. You know, you need to leave now. And I bought every single bit of it. So yeah, that's that's the, the direction for me. But someone else who could be involved in Money in the Bank is someone who's popped up in recent weeks, although we haven't actually seen him in ring on SmackDown. And as that is the return of one El Shabwex, uh Michael Sidgwick. Tales <laughs> <laughs> of the Father, I believe it is, talking about... Dark Father. Tales of the Dark Father, sorry. Um, and I sense we're just going to get more of that for the next few weeks. But I thought I'd ask you how you'd like to see him return to action, because my concern here is we're going to have all these vignettes, which... You know, you can feel however you want to feel about it. <laughs> My missus said it looked like something out of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. <laughs> all the footage. Um, but my concern is, it's all well and good doing that. 
But then at some point, he's going to have to have a fight with someone. So how would you like to see him return to action? I mean, do you, do you want to see him in Money in the Bank? I mean, he, he's a, certainly a contender for that sort of thing because... Anyone is, there's no uh, tier or anything like that. And Money in the Bank, because our bank is often used as like a... This guy's never been bad. It's a reset. Look, he's got a briefcase now. So I don't know. And then he'll lose all the time. Yeah. So that's cool. That's how they do. <laughs> would you like to know my opinion on this? Because you've never really had me on the SmackDown preview. Right? Yeah, it- yeah, it's rubbish. <laughs> it's absolutely, I hate it, man. And there's fucking the, the usual suspects, the stupid performative positivity accounts on Twitter, the stupid WWE on Fox account on Twitter. Oh, God. Really interesting and creepy direction for Alistair Black. Yeah, this uh, could be an effective star vehicle for him. Like, how do goldfishes draft tweets? They haven't got fingers. I don't get it. I've watched this Alistair Black. It's like a year. Misunderstand the idea of knock on my door. No, just interrupt a match and get a match. Interrupt the promo and get a match. That's how you get a match, you idiot. So that was stupid. The dialogue was stupid. He looked like a stupid disembodied head talking six-form poetry bollocks. But now he's talking about dragons and he's got glasses on. It is absolutely rubbish in itself. The rubbish is informed by how little they did with the previous bin bag of rubbish. <laughs> he was sent, this character was sent to Ma- Mickey James. Okay? Yes. That's yes. how rubbish it is. <laughs> like, this is awful, right? Awful. It's a famous sequence in the magnificent, magnificent film Blue Velvet, right? In which, 1985. Right, 1985. Hulk Hogan was still on top of the world. In which that's the opening sequence where you see a guy wave to the camera in this idyllic neighborhood with the white picket fence. And then it goes to the seemly underbelly of this neighborhood, and you see like a chopped off ear, which is the central symbol of the mystery. And on the back of that, because suburban America was treated as this facade and there's like a darkness within. The white picket fence has since become the cliche of what conceals the darkness within. David Lynch was doing this in 1985. Alistair Black has been talking about it on SmackDown last week because some hack in that writing room has seen Blue Velvet and thought, oh, I'll rip that off. <laughs> it was a good metaphor. I'll have that. It's a cliche now, not a metaphor. And he's talking about it on SmackDown because the writers on this show are total and utter hacks, which leads me to take a dim view of the prospects of this character, particularly since he looks like a tit. And I'd love Alistair Black's work. It's never the problem with the work. We should always make this caveat. Mm-hmm. What can he possibly do? It's what is the character other than a amorphously sinister, dark guy talking cliched, dark bollocks on a wrestling show that is frivolous. And means nothing and is incapable of building stars long-term. Look, if I'm looking at Apollo Crews, they've actually gone further with him than they do most. Like SmackDown, oh God, I hate this again, is a bit better a bit better than Raw. I can't see anything for Alistair Black other than everyone with a brain thinking, this is naff. Is it just me? Or do you feel like when you watch those things that he's talking about, they've just sort of repurposed everything they had for Lars Sullivan, but for a smaller guy? For me, it's the same animation as Tian Sha, so the high on whoever this animator is. 
So there's an element of that to it as well. They're trying to do folklore via uh, animation and look what Chan Shah are doing on NXT. Nothing. They're high on visuals and cliches and rubbish dialogue. And then when they realize, oh, hang on, I'll have to push these acts. I have to give them a, it's just a little bollocks. Um, no, but I get what you're saying. There's an element of, I'm the real hero. I'm the real victim, except you perceive me to be the victim. And it's, it's your perspective that's skewed. It's been a bane and touch there. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's so pretentious. It is, it's a subject matter that WWE is constitutionally incapable of doing because they're stupid. It's like stupid and it's aspirational, fake, intellectual bollocks. I hate it. And um, basically get him in the ring the sooner the better because he's eight. It's like, it's like Vince McMahon's heard the, the, the cliche action speak louder than words. And he goes, he's rooting for the words in this. He's like, well, how many words do you need to be action? <laughs> I can write you 100,000 words. Yeah. yeah. Words can win. Like, his, the beauty of Alistair Black in NXT was he didn't say anything and he just came in and kicked people's heads off. And they go, well, take, get rid of all that. Just have him talk loads. And then occasionally kick people's heads off. It's like, the way he needs to return to action is come in and do the seven promo. Take a good long look at me and all this crap. And then takes it all off and kicks, I don't know, some goober's head off. He names your dark father, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I just, it's so frustrating because he's such a talented individual. Um, but anyway, to conclude, tonight it is the throwback edition of SmackDown, which means, I don't know, retro rings and and, and, <laughs> and what have you. Anything else you can foresee on tonight's throwback, apart from them going, hey, remember when people actually watch this show? I mean, it's kind of demented this. That, 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 as far as I can tell, they haven't advertised any legends, which they ordinarily would because they know they draw ratings somehow. Jesus Christ, how are you people not born of that? As far as I can tell, it's going to be a bit of window dressing, a bit of set dressing, and I'm going to have to cut off both of my hands in the hope, Willborn, that 12 hours later when everyone's got bored of talking about it, a doctor might just be able to reattach it. To stop myself going on Twitter and people going, it's a SmackDown fist. Oh my God, it's the Oval. It's the Oval. Who gives a f- It's still a solid, boring WWE show in 2021. Oh, it's got a fist in the Oval, guys. It's my childhood. I don't give a shit about your childhood. Do you understand? I don't care anything about it. Your childhood does not make good wrestling, you wood lice. Any chance, just because it, it's more morbidly fascinating when he comes out, any chance they do the old tweet an hour before the show of Vince McMahon's going to open the show and then Roman comes out and goes, all right, get out of the way, old man. With a little bow tie, little bow tie, really throwback. I mean, I'm, I'm, I always love to see 2021 Vince out in the wild. Hmm. It's like it's fascinating, but I can't see it. But you can write it on the uh, copy if you like. 
Vince McMahon returned? <laughs> Even I think that's a bit of a stretch, Reese. That's how far we've gone in this throwback. Also, I didn't understand why, maybe the Americans can ex- explain this, that they, they mean exactly the same thing. And they do mean the same thing. Well, I was looking on WWE.com and it said, oh, throwback edition of, of SmackDown. And they, they did that with the, the gimmicks, with the graphics for Rollins and Cesaro. And then on the website, it said, go back edition. And I was like, has someone just misheard just in the office? What's tonight? Go back. Go back, is it? All right, sweet. I'll just write that copy now. Come on, lads. Who can they get from that era of SmackDown? I mean, they haven't advertised any legends. They're not going to get anyone. They tweeted about a clip of like, hey, remember when Rey Mysterio debuted on SmackDown in like 2003 or whenever it was? So I think it's going to be clips. Well, maybe. Here's the idea. They could have Rey Mysterio talking about the halcyon days of SmackDown when it was halfway good. And Roman Reigns can come out and say, your time is gone. This is my show. I'm the head of the table. And then they can do Rey Mysterio versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania Backlash, which I would, by the way, love. Yeah. That's a hell of a hail Mary at the end of this podcast. Now, if that doesn't happen, I'm going to be annoyed. Anyway, let us know your thoughts ahead of SmackDown tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilbur. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to WhatCultureWrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, including, of course, the SmackDown review with Phil and Gareth tomorrow. This has been the SmackDown preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. Oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.